Father God, the war is yours. The battle belongs to you. Father God, this intergalactic con- uh, clash, this spiritual war that we're caught up in, the enemy is fighting you for the souls of men, and men and women do not even get it, so, the, so to speak. But we praise you and thank you for the revelation of your promise that you're coming back and that your soon return, Lord, becomes a preoccupying question for those of us who are occupying. So give us, Lord God, the grace to be wise and not to be distracted, not to become anxious or fearful or or pulled away with the many deceptions and uh, scattering about of information and dissemination and deliberate intentions to deceive and destroy. Father, let us keep our eyes upon you because you said you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. We ask for wisdom today. We ask for um, the revelation of your love and truth to those who are listening, that they will get this and that it will make sense. And the revelation will set them free from fear and anxiety and cause us to focus on what you have for us, Father God, in this uh, last and, and critical hour. In Jesus' name, and we bind the powers of darkness that would hinder this uh, communication in your precious holy name. Amen. Hey, before we get started, just to let you know, we're liferecovery.com. Um, and you can find us at that location, liferecovery.com, which is a, a website full of spiritual warfare, understanding tools, um, blogs, uh, CDs. There's even a diagram. If you take a look at um, the front page, you'll find on the tabs, spiritual warfare. And I believe under that tab, there's a diagram, 20-minute t- diagram uh, video on how the enemy gets into our lives. And it's very easy to understand, and it's super helpful. Also, we have lots of books like uh, Taking the Devil to Court, um, uh, let's see, Diagnosing Your Family Tree, which has to do with a lot of generational curses, and A Case for Justice. So check out those things, and God be with you. All right, so welcome to the show, Rescue Radio. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, love to have you on board. So the question today we're talking about is... Jerry and I are talking, how close are we to the coming of the Lord or the return of Jesus Christ? Well, the original apostles were wondering about that same thing, too, because Jesus, well, they, they realized, okay, he's here, he's come, he's the Messiah, what's, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then he kept talking about he was going to die, and they had a hard time handling that. And then he talked about after he died, he was going to be raised again, and then he was going to return. And, and Jesus... Uh, explains to them some things, and they, they, they're looking for an explanation here. Mm-hmm. He said, um, you know, he talks about there was going to be the destruction of the temple, the big temple in Jerusalem at the time. And then it says in Matthew 24, verses 3 and 4, uh, well, let's look at just verse 3 for now. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? There's like three, a kind of a three-part question here. When will these things be that Jesus was talking about that were going to happen in the world, in Jerusalem and all over the world? And what will be the 
sign of your coming. You're coming. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the yeah. Jews look for signs, Paul says. They look for some sign, some indication, some uh, precursor that would let us know when you're coming. And then how does this relate to the end of the age? Right. It's very preoccupying and very distracting and very kind of it, it kind of overshadows everything else because if you're looking for thinking and knowing well it's about death it's about jesus coming back it's about what are we supposed to do in the meantime but i think one of the problems with people as with the disciples and us as well is we want to know we give we we want to know things we want to know because when you know something you have information about the future the present how things work whatever it is it gives you some control over that situation um, so we're always wanting to know. Adam and Eve wanted to know what was on the tree, and that got him in trouble. Wanting to know the problem, to, ex- to pinpoint the exact time, for example, of the rapture, um, to, it gives people, they think, some control over the future. And it tries, it, it, but, but it moves us away from the place of faith and occupying and abiding. Well, the rapture, the, the, the talking about the violent snatching away of the church mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And there's so many views about that. Some people believe that there is no such thing as a rapture. Some are just living for the rapture. Some people think that, you know, God's going to kind of, the rapture kind of picks off the cream of the crop and then the rest get left behind, even in the church and so forth. So, you know, the the fact of his coming, we have to recognize Jesus is is returning. He says, if I go away... I will return. Right. And so we know he's returning, and God always keeps his word. Well, and Jesus' returning can be terrifying to people who don't want him to return. Some people, um, but, you know, they, they want to live their life. They don't want to be interrupted. They consider that return of Jesus Christ as a, as a huge disruption, interruption in their life. Other people are, like you said, they're just, they're just getting by until the rapture. But let's just look at a couple of scriptures about the rapture. Because we know there is a rapture, even if you don't want to know that or can't imagine that. Well, we, we'll talk, we're talking about well, there's a return. Right. There's a, there's a well, return. And, and, and how does that work? Well, there's actually probably two returns coming up. One is where he comes and, and snatches away those who are waiting for him. That's First Thessalonians chapter 4, if you want to look at it, 16 and 17. Um, let's see. Well, let's see. Let's start with 16. You can read above that. But for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. So this being snatched up, caught up together with them, the Greek word harpazo means violent snatching away from evil. So there's going to be this violent snatching away from evil, but uh, we don't exactly know when. I'm going to just read one more verse in First Corinthians that also verifies that there's a rapture, and this is two, two witnesses, two bear witness to the same thing. Here it is, um, for 51, verse 51 of 15 of First Corinthians. Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep. In other words, we're not going to all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, so... We know this. This is not exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about in light of Jesus is coming back and in light of Revelations 19 when he's coming back in the white horse and with, with all of his saints mm-hmm. with him. In light of these two comings, what ought we ought to be doing now while we're waiting 
are we waiting, you know, with twiddling our thumbs? Or are we actually doing something? Well, what there's different, you know, the different views of the rapture. Some people believe, okay, the the church oh, yeah. is going to be caught away, and mm-hmm. we're going to go be with him for a while, and then maybe three and a half years later or seven years later, mm-hmm. we'll return with him, or it could be we're caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, the angels are going to gather the saints from one end of heaven to another, and then we could we could be caught up uh, with the to be with the Lord as He comes, and then come down on the earth almost like immediately, almost immediately. There. But you know so, the thing is, that a lot of people discuss this this possibility of the pre, uh, mid or post trib rapture. When is He happening? What part of the tribulation? We seem to know. Instinctively, there is a tribulation. So, is it pre? Is it mid? Is it post? Is it? And people argue about that. And there's scriptures that can verify either and all of those positions. But I, somebody asked me the other day, "Well, what are you? What you know, pre, mid, or post rapture?" I says, "I'm an occupier. Mm-hmm. I'm an occupier. That means I don't have anything to do with. I don't need to know when." It's happening because I know it will happen. Yeah, that's that's really is the issue is not when the issue is what. Yeah. In, in other words, what he, should we be doing? No, he, yeah, right. He's coming. We know he's coming. We don't know when he's coming. We do know it's going to get pretty terrible when we see you know, and, and some of those signs that we've already been through are only on the beginning of sorrows. There's much more to come in terms of. Evil. Deception. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the first thing he said in Matthew 24, he says, well, you have to take heed that no man deceives you right. because there's there's going to be deception, there's going to be pestilences, plagues, diseases, wars, rumors of wars, all those sorts of things that are going to, false prophets are going to rise and deceive many. So we've got all this going on as as kind of the uh, the signs but the problem uh, is they're very, they're very distracting because exactly you, you you lose your focus on what you're really being called to do. And our, our job right now is to stay focused on the harvest, getting people uh, to know the revelation and the return of Jesus Christ. So, again, it's not a matter of when he's coming. It's that he is coming. He is coming. Right. Yeah. So what I said earlier about wanting to control and know all this stuff um, Really, if you trust Jesus, rest in him, and follow him, you will be able to focus on him and occupy until he comes, and then you won't become caught up with anxiety. People think, I have to be in control. I have to be in charge. I have to know what's going on. You know what? You don't have to know or be in control if you know one who is, and we do, and that one is Jesus Christ, and he is good, and he he loves us. He said, I will be a, a strong refuge for you in the day of trouble. Um, he's, he's got this, we don't have to fret, you know, we don't have to give ourselves over to worry and anxiety and stress and fear because fear is the motivator, the, the, the force that Satan is using to corral people into doing things that are actually shortening their life or distracting their life or giving them cancer, giving them, uh, heart attacks. And so they are, you know, it's like you're running a race, but you have to run this race, but you sit down by the sidelines in the middle of the race because you say, I can't win it anyway, and what's the point? And so you sit down and lose all opportunity to occupy or to win. Well, the whole issue is 
you know, a lot of people that are don't believe in a rapture, you know, even as believers that say, well, that's not really going to happen. Because mm-hmm. they can't imagine they, it. Because they kind of get down. We get down on one another because, well, you're just looking for an escape. Mm-hmm. You're just looking to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the more things um, we divide deteriorate. Over. You know, in our in our culture, in our world, and all the demonization and all the deception, people say, you know, even so, come Lord Jesus, like John, mm-hmm. he wanted Jesus to come. Yeah. But the idea is not the focus. Yes. But John would have never wrote, wrote the book of Revelations if he would have been all taken up with Jesus coming back. He wrote that book at the end and end of his long, long, long life. Yes. And so we have maybe many yet powerful things that we need to do and we can't be all slowing down towards the the finish line and say well you know whatever we've got to press on press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in well Christ that's Jesus. that's the whole issue it's not just a matter of sitting around waiting i want to get out of here mm-hmm. it's what we're doing before well, we get out of here and the test too is that can we can we trust god can we stay focused can we know that we know that we know that we're okay and and preach the gospel in the midst of uh, fiery hailstones storm, coming down on us or, or earthquakes or volcanoes or, or pandemics or pandemics. Can we continue to not be afraid? And so in Luke chapter um, uh, 19, we have some interesting verses. Well, yeah. Jesus is telling a parable. And, you know, he told a couple of parables along this line. They wanted to know when he was coming back, how long it was going to be. And he said, what? Well, he's. What he's talking about, he he tells a parable about um, a man, um, a, a, a king, a certain nobleman, um, Luke nineteen twelve. And they thought the well, the disciples were thinking the kingdom of God is just going to come right now. I mean, Jesus is going to take over, and boom, it's going to happen right now here, right. here in the first There's century. A but Jesus said, "Oh, therefore," he said, "We have to remember when you're reading your Bible." When you see the word therefore, you have to think of what it's, what's it there for. Well, he was answering therefore. He, he was answering he, this question. He was answering the question. He said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them uh, ten minas. Now, a mina is about, each mina is about three months' salary for back then. Delivered to them. So that's a pretty substantial ten minas. So that's like thirty. So everybody month, got that's the like same. thirty months' salary. Right. And what did he say? In the King James, it says, "Occupy till I come." But you know, we think of in occupy, the New King James, it says, "Do business." Do till business. I, so till I come. It, that's really what it means. It's mm-hmm. occupy. It's not me just taking up space somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's doing business till he comes. That's the focus that we well, want to bring here today. And he was, you know trying to get them to pace themselves a little bit. They were thinking, okay, we're going to have this thing happening. He's going to become king. We're going to, everything's going to change in five minutes. And wouldn't we love that? But he says, no, hold on. It's going to take a while. As a matter of fact, it's going to take so long that I'm going to give you, give you time to take the gifts and talents and abilities and aptitudes that I have given you to, to develop them, to use them, to promote uh, and the kingdom of God, to, to deliver people from darkness. So, so what's our business? So do business till I come. And, and basically, this is what he was doing here in in the parable. Telling them, yeah. It, it's it's like um, capitalism, right? 
you take you have what you you have got something and you use it you invest you move leverage it, you leverage it mm-hmm. in order to bring an increase in 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 profits and so and we see this is one of his goals it wasn't the the delay there was a purpose in the delay and that was to give people an opportunity to um, occupy or do business until he came back. Well, what did he say? What's our business? He said, go into all the world, and make preach. disciples, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, preach gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. But he says, make disciples. In other words, not only lead people to put their faith in me, but he was to saying, teach but, them how to but follow to me. teach them how to follow me. Mm-hmm. You become a follower of me and then you help others learn what it means but so many people they want to do their own life they want to do they don't realize that if they would do what god wants them to do it is the life he created them to live and it's the best one but they don't quite believe that um and and so we have a lot of scriptures that warn people about his coming uh paying attention being alert um in, in mark chapter 13 we have another story that jesus tells about um you know coming back and the people were they were always tempted to go to sleep, give up, you know, get distracted, go do something else, whatever. So in Mark um, chapter 13, starting with verse 32, um, and there's an exhortation there to watch. Uh, and But most people don't want to watch because they don't want to see. They don't, they're too scared to see what they're seeing and they don't want to watch. They want to pretend like nothing is happening and it's normal and we're okay. Uh, we are okay, but we're not okay because we're lying to ourselves. We're, we're okay because God told us the truth that we are okay and he's with us. But verse 32 of, of 13 of Mark. But of that day and hour, day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time when the time is. He, he says you don't know it. So, so don't try to know it. If Jesus doesn't know it, you're not going to know. But it, notice he also says it's the day and the hour we can't know. There are four elements of time here. One is time, which is the year, the time or the season. And then in First uh, Thessalonians, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of the time and season. Right, right. So we can know the year and we can know the time of the year, but we can't know the day and the hour. So those four different things. When people say, well, you can't really know. Well, you can't know the day and the hour. We have to be specific because he was specific. We can possibly know the the year and the season of the year if we pay attention. He says, take heed, watch and pray for you do not know what when the time is. It is like a man going into a far country, same as, as in Luke. Same as the parable of the miners. Yeah, yes. and he went, he left his house, um, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, what to each his work. And commanded the doorkeeper to watch. So they each had their um their work, their talent, their what they were called the and assigned to do, and the authority, the authority to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to take authority to do kingdom business on earth until he comes back. The kingdom of God. We're working as ambassadors from that kingdom. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Um, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping, and what will you do? And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So he's talking about alertness. So living Paying attention with the awareness of his return of mm-hmm. of things that are of eternal value, mm-hmm. and and looking for his appearing and being busy uh, in his work in what he has given us to do. 
So you know. You so talk- this is a this is a faith. This takes a lot of faith and trust in God to be so confident. Work with authority. Move with authority. Know that you know who you are. Know who He is. Know He is good. Know He is coming back to deal with the crushing realities. You know, the crushing of the surreal. It what's happening right now around us is absolutely mind-boggling and surreal in many ways. But we have to stay focused. Um, on the truth of who he is and what he's said to us to do. And so there's a danger, there's some there's some dangers here. We can live in the in the in the shadow of his delay or we can live in the light of his coming. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus said um he told another parable about well the servant said well my lord isn't coming back for a long time mm-hmm. so he basically rips off his fellow servants. Yep. He beats them. He abuses them. That's he says, well, you're not coming for a long time yet, so I'm just going to cut loose uh, in, in in being self-centered here. Well, he's actually wasting, wasting, wasting his time. Right. And he said, well, when the Lord comes back, when the master comes back, he said, ooh, you're going to be, um, you're going to be toast. You're going to be... <laughs> Yeah. torn in two and, and, and given your portion with the with the um, hypocrites. And there's another warning here that I, I believe is very important for us in Luke uh, 21, verses uh, 34 through 35. Um, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, mm-hmm. drunkenness, and the cares of life, that the day come on you expect unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. So he's saying that in these times, be careful. You know, you, the cares and riches and pleasures of life that mm-hmm. can be just so overwhelming mm-hmm. that they can they can basically put you to sleep. Well, and I think one of the things we are wanting to avoid, or we try to always avoid, is being attacked by fear and anxiety. And that's really the definition of the human population on earth right now. Those who do not know Jesus are being wrapped up in the web of fear and anxiety and terror and dread and being p- driven by that spirit of fear to do, like I said earlier, many things that are not not fruitful. They're not, uh, they're not profitable. And so the, so the question becomes, how yeah. courageous are you? Are you courageous enough to occupy and to do what he says and to walk in the spirit, even though, you know, impending doom for maybe there for some, and it's not for us. The doom is not an impending doom for us. The, the impending is the arrival and the return of Jesus Christ, which is a great, unbelievable, unspeakable place of anticipation and goodness and glory and relief and justice and all the, the the list of things in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and even in Mark 13 talks about the list of the horrendous things that are going to be taking place in the earth he says when you see these things become come to, to pass, pass he said didn't don't get all depressed and fearful and anxious and angry but he says lift up your look up mm-hmm. and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh well i think the courage that we have to have to continue to occupy until he comes or do business till he comes is not based in a, in a denial or in a delusion. Um, I'm just going to live my, it's not, I'm going to just live my life and build my empire because there's no reason not to. And 
but it is our focus, our loyalty, our motivation is not coming from a, a me center, but from a Christ centered. I am here deliberately uh, endeavoring. I am fully aware of the return of Jesus Christ. I am not here to build a kingdom. I'm here to build his kingdom or be part of his kingdom to do business, whatever that means. And for me, sometimes, you know, the one guy, I can't remember who it was, some famous, you know, believer in God. He says, well, what, what would you do if you knew Jesus were going to come back in five days or 20 days or whatever? He says, I would plant an apple tree, you know, or, if, you know, people, you, this is what occupying is. You continue to do what's set before you to do. Right. To raise your family for God, to make decisions, to continue to press into studying the word of God, to not give up, to not think your life is, is a futile waste. It's not. Um, occupying is more. He's given us authority to do what? Right. Well, to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, uh, cast out devils, raise the dead. And, and really, seriously, I believe more and more as we see the return of Jesus Christ or the re- approaching, we will also see the increase in those miracles and in that power and in that great awakening. I do believe we must occupy to help him assist God in gathering in this harvest because of the great awakening. Obviously, he would not need us but he has chosen to use us. Well, we're his means. Right. We're his means mm-hmm. of, of of reaching people, declaring the kingdom uh, and the gospel of the kingdom. And also, like he said, we read earlier in what you're saying, Margie, to each his work in, in Mark uh, 13, 34, mm-hmm. to each his work. How has God gifted you? Mm-hmm. How has God gifted you with what natural you gifts right and spiritual gifts? What are your abilities? Mm-hmm. What are your... What are the, what's the position you're in in your work and in your life and in your family? That's and, and within all that. There, there's your assignment. Yes. With your family, with your occupation, with peace, w- with with mm-hmm. your neighborhood. Uh, w- w- that's that's giving your, out the message of hope, that's, right? That's your work. Giving right? out the message, not the message of fear. But so in in Hebrews chapter three and four, we have some interesting situations as they were coming out of the wilderness. And there's like these are comments that are made about the children who were caught in the wilderness. He says in verse um, chapter three of Hebrews, verse 12, beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Well, that's where we could be too. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if, 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 we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And while he said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion with fear, with control, with unbelief. He says, for who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? For with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses also fell in the wilderness? To whom he did he and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So you see, then they could not enter because of unbelief. So, so see here, rest, faith, trust, obedience, following Jesus. These are the real real ways, means, uh, attitudes we have to have in order to occupy and focus until he comes. We have to rest in him, trust. He's able to deliver us. He's able to rapture us. He's able to protect us. We trust in him. 
Um, he's worth following. And that's basically what he asks you to do is trust him and follow him and abide. Abide in him, leave that rest and that protection, that provision up to him as the branch lets the, the vine provide its provision. And a little further on in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and to, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Right. So there's an eagerly, yes, we're looking for his appearing, we're watching for his appearing, we're alert as we're busy, focused on what he has. And it's our kingdom work. Everything uh, is related to e- eternity. Every Everything in time in our lives can be related to so, eternity. What's going to mm-hmm. matter forever and ever. Right. And, and right. What, what, what lasts forever and ever is people. And, and, and it's people need the Lord, and we're here to represent Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to everyone we can while we can. Our gift is time. Our gift is every day, every moment, to be able to follow him, to uh, a yield to Jesus Christ, to let him become our our strength, um, our, our focus, and his Holy Spirit to lead us. And we can only do that. You can only really occupy and stay focused and not freak out if you know he is good and he's got this and he is in control. We have many, many people out there who are trying to give us every kind of scenario on how this is going to wrap up and what's going to happen. And we have prophets here and prophets there and false prophets everywhere. Uh, but the thing is, you're, the Word of God is very stabilizing. You will have to, you know, stay in the Word of God, abide in His Word. He who abides in my Word, and, and I in Him, he, he shall know the truth, and the truth will set him free. So it's abiding in that Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to give us the rest, the peace, the confidence. And you know you're going to stand out like a sore thumb or a good, happy, because you're going to be joyful. You're going to be confident. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going, people are going to say, how, how can you be so joyful? How can you be so okay in the midst of everything that's not okay? And it is because of Jesus. It's because we're following Jesus. He is in control of everything. He has not lost control. Satan has not undermined the Lord and figured out a way to supplant, completely destroy or, or steal from Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. And so we're trusting God. And when you occupy... You'll, you'll be able to say with Paul, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And you know, you only have time now, the day you have today, the moment you have to, to live for God. We don't, those numbers, those days, those amounts of time, we don't know. We don't know if we're going to just die someday or be raptured. But one or the other, you're going to leave this planet and you're going to have to give an account to the Lord. So let's be busy doing what the Father has us to do. Lord, we thank you that you are coming, that you came. Thank you, Jesus. You came to this earth, Lord. You came to earth to def- defeat the powers of hell. Lord, you came to uh, give us, give your life on the cross. You shed your blood. You gave your life so we could have freedom, new life, hope, beyond this physical life that we have, these years that may seem long or seem to be very brief. The Lord God, you are coming. Jesus, you are returning. We're looking forward to your returning. We, we say along with John, uh, the apostle, even so come, Lord Jesus, 
But in the meantime, in the midst of a mean time, help us to be faithful to you. Just look, okay, Lord, help us today and in the days to come to be occupied, to be busy, to do your business yes, and that of, of loving you and serving you and, and, and doing what we can to share your love and truth and helping others as we follow you to help others yes, follow you as well. And Father, I also pray for those who are stuck today uh, in a place where they don't think they can do anything. They're, they're run into a corner. They're run aground. They're just stuck. They're trapped. They don't see any more hope. Let them walk and be released through your Holy Spirit into a, a broad place, a better place, a place where they can occupy and stand and be fruitful, Lord God, and that they will not be afraid. I've, I come against that spirit of fear and distraction that caused people to become withered and back up and not stand and not take their authority and not know who they are. I forbid it, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, and I ask that each one will be encouraged today to give praise. If you're stuck in a place and you don't know what else to do and you got nothing, no resources, no assets, the one thing you can begin to do to occupy is praise God. Be thankful. Open your mouth and rejoice. Stop murmuring. You're giving bullets to the devil when you do that. Just begin. You can do that part. You can do that. You can rejoice. Open your mouth. Give praise to God and thank him. Even though you don't feel like it, you can do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.